to The Daily Princetonian, I'm Mark Didici. I'm Hope Perry. I'm Francesca Block. And I'm Jenna Elliott. In this Daybreak special series, we're taking you through the last few weeks of Princeton's fall 2021 semester. This is a tale of many emails. Episode 1, Recalled to Reality. It's Sunday, December 26th. It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was the week of Thanksgiving, it was the week of social gatherings. It was the epic of increasing COVID cases, it was the epic of increasing COVID restrictions. It was the weekend before Thanksgiving break. Think about where you were, what you were feeling. Hope? Anticipation? Campus COVID cases were low, and that typical feel of the orange bubble, full of shows, art sings, parties, and more, was almost back in full swing after a long, long year and a half. On Sunday, November 21st, we all rallied around the cannon to celebrate a successful football season with a massive bonfire. And then everything sort of went wrong. It started with a single email to Princeton Tower Club members sent that Sunday afternoon. A person at the club's semi-formals the night before had tested positive for COVID-19. News spread across campus, but with the bonfire that night and drinks giving the next, most folks were content to move on with their lives until the impending break. People started to leave campus as early as Monday afternoon. Tuesday arrived and with it the end of classes. Then, after some students had already arrived home for the holiday, came a flurry of emails. A positive case at another tower event, and one at Kappa Gown, and one at Terrace, and one at Quad. Emails about each sent voluntarily by club officers arrived via listservs over the next few days as students mingled with family members and friends beyond the bubble. By the end of the week, over 30 undergraduates had tested positive for the virus. It was the highest weekly total since asymptomatic testing began in January. For me, at least, it was sort of terrifying. Now off campus, I was, as I'm sure many of you were, a little nervous. Questions of exposure, of incubation rates and viral loads, they clouded the break with an air of uncertainty. We reached Saturday, with many gearing up to make their return to campus. That afternoon, students opened their inboxes to an email from Jill Dolan, a, quote, adjustment of campus COVID-19 protocol. It was the first of three big emails that would shape the next month. The first major policy change required students to submit a spit test immediately upon arrival. Until a negative test result came back, students were asked to wear masks indoors at all times, even around roommates and suitemates. Beyond that, the new requirement asked students to test more frequently, double down on mask wearing, and limited social gatherings to 20 people. This last change brought up a few questions among students. What would happen to student events? Year-end shows, performances that had been in weeks for months, what would those look like? And how did these new measures coincide with the fact that in-person lectures were set to continue? While an increase in testing from once a week to now twice and three times per week for athletes added a mild inconvenience, the gathering restrictions threw a wrench in students' long-standing plans. Among those impacted by the new guidelines were performing arts groups who had shows lined up from the week after break through reading period. Daybreak's Hope Perry sought out information about how student groups managed the new restrictions. Hello, my name's Heather. Um, I'm the president of Expression Stance Company, and I'm a junior. Expressions had a show scheduled for the week we returned from Thanksgiving break. 
I asked Heather to walk me through the experience of figuring out whether the show would be able to go on under the new restrictions. Um, we got the notification about the new restrictions, I think, um, probably two or three days before I was going back to campus. Um, and obviously, as you know, the email was um, very general and it didn't really address student groups except saying that there'd be a town hall coming up on Tuesday, um, which was particularly stressful for us because our performances were Thursday night um, and traditionally with new rehearsals all day um, and all night. And because um, those, re those rehearsals were supposed to be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and the town hall is Tuesday, um, it wasn't really uh, feasible, I guess, for us to wait until um, Tuesday to start practicing. And also, obviously, the bigger question, um, regardless of rehearsals, is what are we even rehearsing for if we're not able to have a show? Heather told me that after a series of emails back and forth with the university, they were able to get their publicity manager trained as a student monitor responsible for ensuring masking compliance. With her at rehearsals, the company was able to rehearse pretty much as they had planned. We knew at least that we had that person with that training. Um, and then we all were able to um, hear about the town hall. And that's when um, we knew for sure that our show was able to happen, um, which was definitely a stressful couple of days because we just put in so many hours. Um, and of course, you don't want to put in all the hours and mental and physical energy if, uh, if nothing really is going to come out of it. Expressions was able to put on their show, but Heather was surprised to hear that some restrictions had been rolled back for dancers on stage. We actually were able to do the show with no masks, um, which was shocking, I guess, because this whole time we were concerned about them increasing restrictions and not being able to do the show at all. And for them to sort of take back restrictions was definitely surprising. But in the end, we ended up um, performing with masks anyway, just to make sure that our dancers and um, audience members felt safe. By the end of the first week back from break, shows may have been going ahead as planned, but cases had hit an all-semester high. On December 3rd, the University COVID-19 dashboard reported 71 cases on campus over the last week. 40 of those were undergraduate students. A vaccine booster clinic opened up in Jadwin Gym. Despite long lines and hours of waiting for walk-ins, hundreds of university community members got their third dose that week. At the same time, the dashboard listed the campus risk status as, quote, moderate to high, and isolation housing was expanded to cope with the spike. And so we reached the first weekend back from break. With two and a half weeks of reading period and finals, no one was sure if it would get better or worse. Tomorrow, listen in for more on emails to international students, on isolation housing, on a sudden shift to virtual finals, and much more. That's all for Daybreak today. Today's episode was written by Jenna Elliott, Hope Perry, Eden Tishome, and B. Sound engineered by Francesca Block and produced under the 145th Managing Board of the Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horan, class of 2022. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Mark Dodici. Have a wonderful day.